Rogues Gallery Uncovered Bad Behaviour in Period Costume A non-judgmental peep into the scandalous lives of history's greatest libertines, Lotharios and complete bastards. This podcast contains adult themes and a touch of colourful language. This particular episode is also about a poet but contains no rhyming couplets. If any of these are likely to offend, please rethink your listening choices. This episode is also a little bit shorter than the usual one. Call it a roguish snapshot, if you will. It's got absolutely nothing to do with my indolent, wastrel approach to good old-fashioned hard work. It's actually because me and my wife are off on holiday this week and I've been a little bit pushed for time. Just to warn you in advance, next week's episode will also be somewhat compact. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, offence. What rhymes with tits? Putting the verse into perverse with Russia's rudest poet, Ivan Barkov. Before we begin, a quick roguish shout-out to a couple of scoundrels who correctly answered last week's spontaneous competition. The reactionary supporter of Charles Sibthorpe, who signed his letter, CB, retired, was actually a tribute to legendary fictional grump, Colonel Blimp, CB. Well done to Rob and Martin, who both emailed me at simon at roguesgalleryonline.com with the correct answer. I shall raise a large glass of something in your honour from whichever poolside den of vice I subsequently find myself in. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, browse the merch shop, support me on Patreon, or access a literal gallery of roguish content, visit roguesgalleryuncovered.com. The link is in the show notes. Right. The following tale is written in the present tense of the period in which it's set, and as such may contain attitudes and opinions of the protagonists and their times, which would today be considered unacceptable. As I'm not a swear-word-loving 18th-century Russian poetry critic, those attitudes and opinions are obviously not mine. St. Petersburg, Russia, 1768 Ivan Barkov, the obscene Russian poet, is dead, aged just 36. But no one is quite sure how. Some say that he was beaten to death during a bout of drunken sex in a brothel. Others maintain that he drunkenly fell into a privy and drowned. One theory suggests that he drunkenly committed suicide. He was said to have been found with his trousers around his ankles and with a heartfelt note reading, Lived sinfully and died ridiculously, rolled up and sticking out of his ass. Whatever the truth, his work will live on, despite the fact that it's so pornographic it was never actually published in his lifetime. This isn't to say, though, that he's unknown. From the moment that he came up with them, generations of Russian students have memorised and scribbled down his shameful odes as clever satires on Russian society and literary pretension. They also think that swearing's really clever and funny. Bloody students. A talented writer with a gift for languages, Barkov was the son of a clergyman of all things and was educated in a seminary. His prodigious talent with words and gift for languages led to him becoming a prodigy of the famous writer and scientist Mikhail Lobanosov, who's perhaps best known for establishing that the heavenly body known as Venus possesses both clouds and an atmosphere. 
with Lomonosov's help, Barkov enrolled in the University of the Academy of Sciences in 1748 and showed outstanding promise, writing prodigiously and translating complex passages of ancient text. However, the young man's education became increasingly punctuated by numerous disciplinary beatings for drunkenness, slander, carousing, insolence and drunkenness. He was ultimately expelled, but again, thanks to Lomonosov, was allowed to study French and German in the university gymnasium. This was a great opportunity, which Barkov drunkenly squandered by fighting several times with the police and being expelled from there as well. Working at the academic chancellery as a scribe, Barkov then spent his time laboriously copying the words of some of Russia's greatest minds. It almost became a continuation of his studies, and expulsion seems to have had little effect upon the growth of his knowledge. He published his first work, A Brief Russian History, back in 62. It was viewed by some as being an even more accurate version of the country's past than that written by Voltaire himself. Later that year, Barkov was tasked with translating a special ode written to commemorate the birthday of Peter the Great. In more recent years, he produced a splendid translation of the Konigsberg Chronicle, a 15th century manuscript itself copied from a 13th century original which tells the story of the Kivian Rus from the 5th to the 13th centuries. His academic career could have been triumphant had he not devoted so much of his energies towards drinking and vulgar poetry. In his poetic works, Barkov popularised the use of coarse slang, or mat, combining the sophisticated language of the drawing room with the kind of filthy smut that you'd hear from a gang of sweaty peasants pissed up on vodka. His poems are funny, offensive, yet deeply poignant. Who couldn't fail to be profoundly moved by the plight of the impotent hero of his poem, Ebikud? a verse of which reads thus. O day, O unhappy day, O fate so cruel and harsh, in vain do I survey my pulchra vulvia's charms and dream of plunging deep inside her lovely cunt until I overflow in waterfalls of spunk. My wretched prick still droops, no woman I might tup, no beauty in the world confirm my sausage up. Tales of Barkov's outrageous behaviour grew legendary. It was said that he'd often have drinking companions and local girls over to stay at his estate in the village of Barkova for weeks of drunkenness and sex. As a lover, he was said to be tireless. Even Catherine the Great was said to have requested his presence at the royal palace. The two were said to have retired to Catherine's bedchamber, from which Barkov emerged on his hands and knees three days later, naked from the waist down. His appetite for vodka was as voracious as that for sex. He once bumped into the famous poet and playwright Alexander Sumorokov, and in order to get him to buy him a drink, Barkov flattered him shamelessly. You are Russia's foremost poet! he told him, number one. However, when a suitably flattered Sumanokov had bought the much-needed vodka, Barkov then got roaring drunk and shouted after him as they parted, Alexander Petrovich, I lied to you. The first Russian poet is me. The second is Mikhail Lomonosov. You're just the third. 
Markov's legacy can be found in the legendary Russian poem Luka Mudishev, which tells the heartwarming story of a man paid to have sex with a bored and lonely widow who then accidentally kills her with his 14-inch penis. It will also be present in the work of one of Russia's premier literary giants, Alexander Pushkin. Over 40 years from now, in Barkov's shadow, Pushkin will pay tribute to the man by penning the tale of a defrocked priest who signs a pact with Barkov's ghost in order to possess inexhaustible sexual prowess. So powerful is his erection that the nun who tries to castrate him for his debauched ways takes one look at it, shits herself and drops dead. Now that's a poem. Barkov sounds like quite the character, but finding out more about him, or indeed any examples of his work, has proved pretty tricky. Despite being considered one of the country's greatest poets, his work remained unpublished for years after his death, with fans meeting in secret to share his words. He's said to have begun his own illegal literary genre, and how many of those are there, called Barkovshiny, I think. The Tsarists hated the obscenity of his work, but after the revolution, so did the communists. In fact, the first officially printed examples of his poems only appeared in 1991. Putin, I'm told, is also not a fan of salty language, so for many years, Barkov's been banned again. His fellow artists had mixed views about him. Chekhov thought it inconvenient to quote him, while Tolstoy considered him a fool. Pushkin, of course, was a great fan, and when he and his drinking mates got together, they'd be forever quoting Barkov's works. Rude as it undoubtedly is, you might be in for a bit of a disappointment if you get hold of a volume with the intention of turning yourself on. The literary critic Alexander Ilyushin wrote of Barkov's no-nonsense filth, The intention is not so much to inflame lecherous lust, nor to provoke amorous temptation and languor. We descend not into a rosy haze, it's there, but in trifling little doses, but into the smoky, bawdy atmosphere of tavern curses, where folk view carnal copulations without a crafty, playful wink, yet noisily cursing and blinding, which destroys any illusion of intimacy. There is no place here for bon viveurs seduced by the secrets of passion. It is sheer effing and blinding. An erotomane would probably remain indifferent to it all, for we are confronted not with eroticism, when there is nothing more than genitals, it can hardly be genuinely erotic, but sheer mischief-making that has long awaited its renaming as hooliganism, at a time when the word simply didn't exist. In trying to find examples of his poems online, I've pretty much drawn a blank. The not-smutty ones have faded completely into obscurity, and the rude stuff that I could find appears to have been translated from Russian using a very poor AI, and is therefore a meaningless gibberish of a word salad that I certainly wouldn't dream of inflicting on you. This is a real shame, as apart from his fascinatingly roguish life, Barkov's bawdy work seems to combine plain working-class language with biting social satire to make its readers both laugh and think. A nifty combination. And even though Alexander Pushkin is a world-famous Russian poet and author whose work is taught in schools, I could also find absolutely no online examples of his poem Barkov's Ghost, or as it's sometimes named, Barkov's Shadow, even on sites that say they feature his entire output. Smutty mud, it seems, sticks, even to one of Pushkin's venerated stature. 
Pushkin, by the way, was shot dead in 1837 in a duel with a Dutch baron who'd apparently been shagging his wife. That's what you call cancelling. If any of you rogues can lay your grubby hands on a half-decent translation of Barkov's stuff, then feel free to send them my way at simon at roguesgalleryonline.com. Right, I've got a suitcase to pack. Next time on Rogues Gallery Uncovered, really horrible boss. Torture, psychopathy and witchcraft with the 17th century's lowest-rated employer, Elizabeth Bathory, the Blood Countess. I hope you've enjoyed this slightly shorter episode. It's another compact ep next week. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter at the website roguesgalleryuncovered.com and I'll make the usual suggestion that if you like what you hear and can leave a nice review or a high rating in your podcast provider of choice, then it would be most appreciated. Have a great week and I'll see you yesterday.